Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Over the next three Sundays, as we lead up to Christmas, we are going to look at some Bible passages from the book of 1 John. And we're going to think about three different things John says that have come into the world through Jesus. So Jesus coming into the world, Advent coming. What are three things that have come into the world through Jesus? But the problem is John is the king of Christianese. He loves to use symbolic and slightly confusing language to talk about some really deep and profound truths. Each of the next three weeks, we're going to consider a different idea from 1 John that might sound really familiar, but that is worth unpacking and thinking about properly in case we've never really got it. So today, uh, our first truth we're thinking about is the idea that Jesus gives life. What do we mean when we say Jesus gives life? Marg's going to come down and read the Bible for us, and then we'll keep going. Thanks, Marg. Hi, everyone. The first passage comes from 1 John 1, verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And the next reading is from 1 John 5, verses 10 to 11. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. My mother-in-law raised her kids with some really great dating advice. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Uh, maybe, I haven't thought about it. Don't go there. All right. She would tell her kids to consider whether the person they had a crush on, whether the person they wanted to date was a life giver or a life taker. Have your mothers ever said this to you? No? Write this down. All right. Great advice. By life taker, she wasn't warning her kids against asking out murderers, although that would probably be good advice as well. She was saying, choose someone that enriches your life rather than someone who makes life harder. Choose someone who is generous rather than someone who is selfish. Choose someone who brings joy to others rather than who deflates and steals their joy. Choose someone who wants to be a blessing. 
choose a life giver. I think that's great advice. In 1 John, the writer, John, describes Jesus as a kind of life giver. Let me just repeat chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. John writes, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Whoever has the Son has life. Jesus gives life. There's that idea. But what does that mean? What do we mean when we say that Jesus gives life? Listen in for the next few minutes if this is a new idea for you or you're not sure you understand it. Or just listen in because it might help you work out how to explain it to somebody else sometime who needs to understand it. Let me start with the problem. Our world has a death problem. We are all going to die. I mean, in 21st century Australia, we do our best to, to hide from that reality. We try to ignore it. Instead of saying someone has died, we say they passed. They passed away. They passed on. We keep cemeteries at a safe distance of Balcombe Hills and Macquarie Park. We get targeted ads with advice on how to reverse our aging. We all get those, right? <laughs> Again, I won't think about this too hard. We even get our meat wrapped up in plastic, already chopped up from coals. My four-year-old had an epiphany uh, a few weeks ago over dinner. She said, wait, is lamb? Lamb? Is that the same thing? And I know she's beautiful. Oh, I love her. But I think we might laugh, but why would she know that? We insulate ourselves from death. We hide it or we hide from it. But we still have a death problem. From our beginning, humanity has had a dying problem. And the Bible says there is a reason for that problem. That from the beginning, we've individually and together pushed God away. God, the creator of the world. The source of life. We've wanted to be in charge on our own and we've pushed him away. But if you push the source of life away, you cut yourself off from life. Being cut off from God means being cut off from life. As soon as we're cut off from God, we are spiritually dead. That's how the Bible describes us. We're dead in our spirits, in our souls. And all that's left to die is our bodies. Maybe this is a new concept for you or you just don't really agree. You think, that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't feel dead. I don't look dead. I need a little move to prove how alive you are. I mean, good job. I to argue with a cool dance move like that. But, cool dance moves aside. Looks can be deceiving. A florist's shop doesn't look like a flower cemetery, but that's what it is. And we are like flowers <laughs> that have been cut off from the bush and stuck in a vase. And we might hang on for a while, and we might even bloom while in the vase. But from the moment those shears snip, we're dead. Let me try and explain it differently. Does anyone here sleepwalk? Let me show you. Safe space. Yeah, good. All right, a few of us. We can hang out later. All right, great. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I sleepwalk anymore. I used to sleepwalk a lot. One time I woke up outside. I was a little disorienting. Twice in the middle of the night I have woken up butt naked in the shower, taking a shower. Uh, also a little troubling. One time I'd laid out my school uniform, which was great, but uh, a little early. But whenever I interact with someone while I'm sleepwalking, I never believe I'm asleep. 
I'm always convicted, convinced that I'm awake. Emily says, my wife says, I still sit up bolt upright in bed sometimes and try to talk to her. Uh, and apparently if she tells me I'm asleep, I get quite indignant about it. And so she now knows to just avoid the argument with a, a sleeping person. She's like, go back to the sleep, go back. And lie down, lie down. Uh, and that apparently solves it. But my point is this. When I sleepwalk or sleep, sit up in bed, I think I'm awake. I think I'm as awake as I can be. But I am definitely not. And most people think they are as alive as they can be. But they are definitely not. If they've pushed God away, if they're cut off from God, they are definitely not. We have a death problem. We've all pushed God away in so many different ways, leaving us spiritually dead now and soon physically and spiritually dead forever. Really hard truth to face, but the Bible says there is no heaven with God for a spiritually dead person because how could there be if we've already pushed God away? It doesn't make sense. I've been using cute analogies about flower shops and uh, sleepwalking, but the reality we're talking about is pretty horrifying. We should care about our deadness. We should care about the deadness of so many people around us. But we go on distractedly hiding death or hiding from death. Fortunately, God, on the other hand, does care about our deadness. And so God executed a plan to deal with it. John says, that which was from the beginning. It means the beginning, the the very beginning, before everything else, God himself. That which was from the beginning, the one that was from the beginning, we have now heard. We have seen him with our eyes. We have looked at him and our hands have touched him. Then he says, we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has now appeared to us. I think that's a classic example of John's Christianity. It's really hard to follow his, his statements. But John is saying that the eternal Son of God, from before the very beginning, in accordance with God's plan, became flesh and blood and bone. He became regenerating cells and DNA and neural pathways. He became nerves and ligaments and follicles. The eternal Son of God became a living, breathing human. And John met him. John talked with him. John became his friend. The creator of matter became matter. The source of life became life. The life. And as the life, Jesus, God's son, came into our world to fix our death problem for us. Just like a flower can't reattach itself to the bush, we can't reconnect ourselves to God, but Jesus can Jesus took the consequences for us pushing God away. The consequences of pushing life away is death. And so Jesus died in our place. But being God's son, he was stronger than death and broke the grip of death. So where once life ended in death, now death can end in life. We can come alive right now. No longer sleepwalking, no longer cut off. And after we die physically, we can have eternal life, forever life with Jesus in heaven. Jesus gives 
life. But this life is only for some people. John puts it like this. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's only for those that have Jesus. It's only for those that opt in. You know when you're registering online for something, or maybe you're buying something online, and they want you to check the subscribe box for more marketing emails? Does anyone actually choose to subscribe? No, of course not. No one does. So what they now do, the internet, uh, is the box is already checked for you you know, with a lot of marketing, uh, and you have to uncheck the box. And I hate that. I want the choice. I want to say no. Okay, it doesn't matter. But I do hate it. Let me opt in. And God lets us opt in with Jesus. The have Jesus die for me so that I can have eternal life box is currently unchecked. It's not automatically checked. John says that we opt in by believing in Jesus. He doesn't just mean that we believe Jesus existed. John means that we put our trust in Jesus. We believe, we trust that he's worth following, that he's worth belonging to, that he's worth being connected to, that he's worth being as close as possible to because we know that he is a life giver. We know that he is the life giver. Jesus gives life. When you hear someone say that, that's what they're talking about. And this means that if you don't have Jesus, you are sleepwalking through life. You think you're awake, but you're asleep. You think you're alive, but you're already dead. You are cut off, but God doesn't want you to be that way. God wants you to be alive. In response to our death problem, Jesus gives life. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. That's what John says. So you're left with a choice. Will you let him reconnect you to God? Will you let him wake you up? Will you opt in? Lord God, it would be really easy to brush this off, to continue to hide from death. But I pray that you'd give each of us the courage tonight to really think about this and to decide between ourselves and you whether we've accepted the reality that we're dead without Jesus and whether we're willing to believe in him, to put our trust in him. And I pray that people would. I pray that we would know the incredible life that Jesus gives. In his name, for his glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another, and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.